0: and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life.
1: This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. i where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in Christ Jesus, in a place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have, have have. all the blessings of Abraham are mine, mine. and I can do do what the Word says says I can do. I can do all things things through Christ Christ who gives me the strength. The The day my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, receptive, as I am taught the Word of God, God. my life is changed for the better, better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Amen. May be seated. If you're joining us online, be sure to click share. I know we've got couples way on weekend getaways. God bless you. Have a great time. And be sure to click share. We've been doing a Sunday morning series entitled Taking Action Today for a Better Tomorrow. And as we've learned, faith is a starting point. It is, in fact, the starting point. But faith is not all there is, action is required. Our launching scripture has been Ephesians 3, beginning in verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And As we've learned, our our wonderful Heavenly Father, he is good, and he wants to do immeasurably more in our lives. He is able to do immeasurably more in our lives. That's true, but what if we never envision a better future, and what if we never use our imagination to plan a better future? Will God really do it all for us? And of course, the answer is no, and I didn't bring the reference today, but the last few Sundays, we dealt with Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 8. Your thought life Can be used for good. And our our thought life, our ability to envision, our ability to imagine is a great gift that has been given to us by God. And you can use your thought life productively. You can use your thought life for good. You can use your thought life to envision and to imagine God's best and the good that He has for you. Today's message is vision and imagination vision, and imagination. And as we've been doing, we've been beginning with some quotes to inspire you. Malcolm Forbes said, If you do not know what you want to do, it's harder to do it. Clarence Thomas, the great Supreme Court justice, has said, It takes a person with a mission to succeed. David Starr Jordan said, The world turns aside to let any man pass who knows where he is going. Mark Victor Hansen said, Big goals get big results. No goals get no results or someone else's results. Og Mandino said the victory of success is half won when one gains the habit of setting goals and achieving them. John Wooden, don't measure yourself by what you have accomplished, but by what you should have accomplished with your ability. With your ability. Mikhail Baryshnikov said, I do not try to dance better than anyone else. I only try to dance better than myself. Les Brown, you are never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. Jim Ron, I find it fascinating that most people plan their vacation with better care than they do their lives. Perhaps that is because escape is easier than change. Brian Tracy, it doesn't matter where you're coming from, all that matters is where you are going, the destination. Henry Ford, Obstacles are those frightening things that become visible when we take our eyes off our goals. Mark Twain, keep away from people who try to belittle your ambitions. Small people always do that, but the really great make you feel that you too can become great. And Malcolm Forbes, when you cease to dream, you cease to live. And Joe Paterno, act like you expect to get into the end zone. Envision winning. Envision succeeding. Envision your dream or your dreams coming to pass. A great secret to success is vision and imagination. And in dealing with vision and imagination, we're dealing with our thought life. And your, your thought life can be used for good. Your thought life can be used productively. And, and Satan, he's he's a liar, he's a deceiver, he is an enemy. And his goal, his objective is to lead us astray, to lead us into sin. Paul said the wages of sin is death. But people just don't go from A to Z overnight. As James points out in his epistle, there is a path to sin. First, there is desire. The desire is conceived. It is birth. You know, in criminal courts, they talk about things like premeditated murder didn't just happen wasn't just an accident wasn't just a coincidence someone thought someone planned someone carried out the plan our thought life it is a great gift that has been given to us by god and our thought life can be used for good our thought life can be used to dream to envision to imagine the good that our heavenly father has for us our thought life can be used productively and that's why I mentioned Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 8. I'm going to read it out of the King James. Finally, brethren, whatever, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And so that is the standard where to hold our thought life to. And Satan, he's all about getting us off thinking about this thing that we shouldn't be thinking about, dwelling on that thing that we shouldn't be dwelling on. But we are to use our thought life for good, to envision what God has for us, to envision success. And that's why we're going to be dealing with today vision and imagination. The language of God is the language of faith. The language of God is vision and dreams. The language of God is imagination. In Genesis 13, Abraham had already partially obeyed God by leaving his past, by leaving his country, by leaving part of his family behind to follow God. But he had obeyed partially. The Lord had told him in Genesis 12, leave your country, leave your family, leave your kindred, and go to the land I will show you. But he took part of his family with him. Genesis 13, beginning in verse 14, the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had parted from him. And Lot was a hindrance. And Lot brought about trouble. Don't have time to get into that today. And so that's why God had given Abraham the instructions he did in Genesis 12. The Lord said to Abraham, after Lot parted from him, Lift up your eyes. Smile at your neighbor, and say, Lift up your eyes. Tell your other neighbor, say, lift up your eyes. And that's the challenge of faith for any of us, no matter how long you've known the Lord, no matter how long you've been serving the Lord, wherever you're at, whatever your present circumstances, whatever you've achieved, whatever you've not achieved, whatever you've done right, whatever you've got to work on, wherever you are currently to lift up your eyes. And that's what the Lord told Abram. Lift up your eyes from where you are. And look, north, south, east, west, all the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go, walk the length and the breadth of the land for I am giving it to you. Lift up your eyes, lift up your eyes, lift up your eyes. And you might say, Austin, I don't know if God could do this or that. He, he's the ancient of days. He can do whatever we can believe him for. All things are possible with God. And if you have righteous dreams and desires in your heart, things you want to do, things you want to accomplish, goals you want to see come to pass, those desires are not in you. They're, they're not from the devil. If You desire to have more. Or to achieve more. That's that's not from the devil, that's from the Lord. He has given us these desires, and it is His will for our lives that we lift up our eyes and believe Him for more. And if you're not careful, any of us, we can become satisfied with where we are. Isaiah 54, beginning in verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not suffer shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. Say, I will not be humiliated. Not be humiliated. Say, say my, heavenly Father, my heavenly Father, He loves, me. He loves He's me. He's for me. He will not let me not let be humiliated. Now listen, I, I know that one of the new popular things is minimalism. And you know, if I, this causes offense, I apologize in advance. I know one of the new popular things, minimalism, downsizing. but, but you're not going to see Jessica and I and our, our family of five kids parked out in a camper trailer here in the church parking lot. Well, we need more room. And uh, on the days that Julia doesn't call Samuel her sweetie, we need more room. (laughs) We need more space. We we serve a big God. And he gives us, his people, big visions and dreams. And he wants you to have the desires of your heart. He, He wants to bring to pass in your life the dream and the vision that he has placed within your heart. He wants you to have your dreams. He wants you to have your desires. He he wants to see your goals come to pass as long as they're good and godly and and righteous. He wants you to have more. And as we learn, the purpose of that is so we can be a blessing to the kingdom of God, to our family, to our loved ones, to those in need. So we're to lift up our eyes. Tell your neighbor again, smile and say, "Lift lift up your eyes. Smile at your other and say, lift up your eyes. And that's the challenge of faith. No matter what place we have come to, no matter what prayers have been answered, no matter what the testimonies have been, here in our present situation, to lift up our eyes and to believe God for more. In our lives, we should not just see what is. We should see, we should envision what can be. Say, I will imagine what can be. Say it again. Say, I will imagine imagine. what can be. be. So in your life, you got to have dreams. you got to have goals. In your life, you must dream a dream and get a vision. You might say, Austin, I don't have a vision beyond anything that's currently going on or what I'm doing. Dream a dream. Get a vision. Develop a vision. Lift up your eyes. And use your imagination for productive purposes not for destructive purposes. And in your life, if you'd say, Austin, I have a stronghold in my thought life, the Bible says we're to take captive every thought and we're to make it obedient to Christ. So you can overcome any strongholds that are presently in your life. You can have the victory. You can walk in victory. About two years ago or so, There was a Sunday morning where we we read a sweet testimony from a man in the church. He shared how he had been bound and addicted, but God had set him free. And we we do our best to be led by the Holy Spirit. And that Sunday, the Lord had put it on my heart to pray for people, believing God to be set free. And a young man that came forward later wrote a testimony letter and, and shared how he had had a stronghold in his life. He had had a stronghold in his thought life. And he had an addiction. And this is one of the things that's robbing young people of God's best. Young people in their their 20s and 30s, and they they won't commit, won't settle down, won't start a family. Well, they're they're using their thought life for destructive means. They're, They're finding an outlet that is unrighteous. So this young man shared, though, he came forth for prayer. Hands were laid upon him. And he was, he was set free. He hasn't struggled with that another day since. You can have the victory. Amen. We are to take captive how many of our thoughts? Every thought and make it obedient to who? And if you might say, well, Austin, should I be thinking about this or that? We go back to the Apostle Paul's list in Philippians 4, beginning in verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure. If it's not pure, you ought not be thinking about it. You ought not be dwelling on it. You ought not be meditating upon it. You ought not be wasting your time and your energy on it. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So we're to use our imagination, which is a gift from God. I say, Austin, the other night I had trouble falling asleep. Well, you, you, could, you could turn Netflix on, or you could use your imagination for good. And again, there, there's a time and a place for entertainment. But God has given us a great gift. He has given us the ability to envision, to think, to imagine, to think about and to imagine certain things. Why not use that time to think about and to imagine the desires of your heart coming to pass. Why not use that time to think about and to imagine reaching your goals? Why not use that time to think about and to imagine good things happening, success in whatever it is you do and at your present stage of life? Use your imagination for productive purposes, not for destructive purposes. In 1984, when my father pioneered the church, he wrote these two sentences. Successful people envision a positive and dynamic future. They are wise enough to act upon their dreams. And if they will live a life of integrity and honor, they will accomplish that which they have envisioned. And that, that first series from 1984, it's on the, the church's app, how to make your dreams come true. And vision and imagination is part of that. Vision is the ability to foresee your destiny coming to pass. Envision means to see or to foresee in the mind. And again, the the mind, it is a great gift from God. Our thought life, our ability to envision and to imagine, it is a great gift from God. And it is powerful. It is like your mouth. It is a part of the rudder that is the ship of your life. And it is giving direction to your life. And that's why you've got to use your thought life and your imagination for good and not for evil. Vision, it is an act of faith. Envisioning what God has for you and what God wants to do in your life, it is an act of faith. And vision will propel you towards success. The ability to dream, to envision, it is a gift from God. So use your imagination for good. Say, Say for good. Don't, don't use your imagination for evil. You know, may, maybe you're frustrated with your work situation. Well, well, don't, don't envision doing something to your boss. <laughs> Is that a little re- too real for you this morning? <laughs> envision starting your own company. Envision going to work for a better company, a, a better situation. Use your thought life. Use your vision and imagination for good and not for evil. Envision the miracle. Envision the answer. Envision good things coming to pass. You know, when Christine and I were little, on Sunday afternoons after church, parents would do church, and after the services, there were two, then three. And after church, we'd have lunch as a family. And then I, I came to not be thrilled about Sunday afternoons because in those years, of course, we were little, my parents were believing God for a bigger home, nicer home, better home, and so after lunch they would drive around to open homes. And when you know you're 10, you're 11, you're 12 years old, that is not exciting, that is not thrilling. And so you know, and some, you know, with how my father drives, it's not easy to take a nap in the car. And so Sunday afternoons, that's what we would do: drive around, look at look at homes. But in doing that, I, I see now. That my parents were lifting up their eyes. They were enlarging their vision. They were stretching their tent curtains wide. How do you know what to believe God for if you haven't seen it? If you don't know what it looks like. If you don't know what's possible. And you'll you'll hear me joke that part of not spending money is not going shopping. So there's balance, amen. If you ask me this week, Austin, you want to meet me at the car dealership? No, get behind me, Satan. That's part of how I don't spend money, don't go, don't look. But, but joking aside, if you say Austin, I'm believing God for a car. Well, what kind of car are you believing God for? Sometimes the young people in their early twenties, they'll or younger than that, they'll come up to me and they'll say, "Be in agreement with me for a car." What kind of car? And I'll tease the young men, "What what kind of car? You believe in God for a a pink Volkswagen Bug with daisies on it? What what, what kind of car are we talking about? Well, I don't know. You. you you got to have a vision. You got to know what you want. You got to have a list. You got to go to the website. Gotta, they got to the build your own configurator. You got to build it. You got to see yourself in it. What color do you want? What options do you want? And you, someone might say, it, it can't be this easy. This is a huge piece of the puzzle because God has given us this great ability to envision and to imagine. And your mouth and what you say, it is a very powerful thing. But your thought life and what you're envisioning and what you're imagining, it is a very powerful thing. And it is setting the course. It is setting the direction. It is setting the outcome of your life. And so you might say, Austin, you know, we're believing for a a family vehicle. I know things are crazy now and dealers don't have everything. But you got to go. You got to look. You got to test drive. Got to get the brochure, got to circle, highlight what you want, what color you would get. Got to envision what you want and desire being yours and coming to pass. So my parents, they would take us all these Sunday afternoons to look at, to look at houses. But from that, they lifted up their eyes. They, they knew in their hearts what they were believing God for. And as a young man, I, at some point I, I said, I, well, Dad, I'd like to live somewhere where I could walk out the back door and we could fish. Well, that, that really narrowed and limited down the options, especially here in the Metroplex. But God did a miracle. One day my father was golfing, and there on the golf course he saw a home across the water that he said, Lord, like that. And he, he saw in the Spirit him driving down a certain road in Arlington. And God did a real miracle. And that was a house where when I wanted. I could walk out the back door and I could go I could go fishing. But would we ever have gotten there if my parents hadn't lifted up their eyes? Would we ever gotten there if my parents hadn't stretched their tent curtains wide? And so you may not be there yet. You may not be able to afford something yet, but you can develop a vision. You can envision having what our Heavenly Father wants you to have. You may not be able to buy it today, but you can look, you can get the brochure, you can get an idea of what you want. How will you you know what's possible if you never look, if you never check anything out? So use your imagination for good. Don't just see what is, see what can be. Say, I will imagine what can be. And a lot of us, we, we only know what we grew up with or what we were exposed to, and that, that's why you got to step out beyond yourself and lift up your eyes and stretch your tent curtains wide. You know, and guys, it's Valentine's weekend. Don't just do for your honey or sweetie what you grew up with. Lift up your eyes. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Amen. All stakes are not made equally. Amen. Maybe the same cow, but prepared differently. But not all cows are the same. Lift up your eyes. Stretch your tent curtains wide. In each of our lives, every one of us, we have a God-given destiny to fulfill. God has a destiny for your life, but you got to lift up your eyes. you got to believe God. you got to be willing to walk with God and walk with His Spirit. You've got to be willing to risk failure in order to achieve success. When a man or woman pursues their God-given destiny, prosperity is a natural result over time. When a man or woman pursues their God-given destiny, the blessing of the Lord, it is a natural result over time. And biblical prosperity is total well-being in every area of life. John 10.10, Jesus said, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they might have life, and they might have it how? More abundantly. And God wants us to have life more abundantly in every area of life. If you're married, he wants you to have an abundant marriage, a happy marriage, where you're calling your loved one sweetie most of the time. God wants you to have life more abundantly in what he has gifted you to do, in your work, and your career, and what you dedicate your life to. He wants you to have more, life more abundantly in your family and with your ch- children and your parenting. He wants you to have life more abundantly in every area of life. That's prosperity, total well-being in every area of life. But when you have a dream, when you have a vision, there will be adversity. There will be opposition. And, and there's something in people where if they're messed up, a lot of times in the advice they give or what they say, they want you to be messed up just like they are. And that's why you have to be so careful about who you take advice from and who you listen to and who you share your goals and your dreams and your vision with. And again, if you're married, you ought to be dreaming together with your sweetie, your wife, your husband. You ought to be envisioning The goodness of God together and the blessing of the Lord together and as my parents did on so many Sunday afternoons loading the kids in the car whether they want to go or not challenging the whole family together lift up your eyes stretch your tent curtains wide lift up your eyes stretch your tent curtains wide there will be adversity there will be opposition God gave Joseph a dream And he shared that dream with his family. And his own family, his own brothers, wanted to kill him. But plan B was to sell him into slavery. So there will be adversity. There will be opposition. Don't let that hold you back. Don't let that discourage you. Continue to lift up your eyes and believe God for more. Dreams, to come to pass, dreams require perseverance. Henry David Thoreau wrote, We have only to move in the direction of our dreams to meet with expected success. Just keep taking action day after day. Just keep making progress day after day. And as we've learned the past few Sundays, maybe you don't get to the goal on Tuesday or next Tuesday, or maybe you don't get to the goal this year or next year. But if you're taking the right action and making progress, you are making progress. And you're further ahead than if you were taking no action, or the wrong action. Say, so I will imagine what can be. So number one, envision. 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 Vision is the ability to foresee your destiny coming to pass. Envision means to see or foresee with the mind. Vision is an act of faith. To envision the good that God has for you. That is an act of faith. And vision will propel you toward success. The ability to dream. To use your thought life, your imagination for good, that is a gift from God. So envision. And number two, envision positive circumstances. You know, if you're going to think and envision and imagine, use your thought life for good, not evil. Use your thought life for success. Envision finishing your education. Envision getting that dream job. Envision making the sell. Envision people calling you to, to buy whatever it is you sell or do. Envision what you want. Envision what you desire, not what you fear. Preplay or imagine what you want or desire, not what you fear or dread. That's a lesson from the book of Job. He said, what I feared has come upon me. You've got to envision what you want and envision what you desire. The 9 a.m. service, my father mentioned that when a quarterback throws the football, he he sees where the receiver's going to be, not where they presently are. And so when you start the day off, you've got to envision the day being a success. Got to envision the sales. Got to envision the customer saying saying yes. Got to envision the customer saying yes to even more than what you're offering. They'll, They'll take the whole thing, every option. Envision what you want. See yourself winning. See yourself making the sell. You know, a few weeks ago, Jessica and I have been coming to a lot of the the athletic games here at St. Paul's. And uh, one of the teams, they they played a challenging team, much bigger than them. And and I could tell they were a little blue after that game. A few days later, they had another game, different situation. They did much better. And and I could tell because they, they won. They felt better about themselves and they were happy they were smiling they they were confident you've got got to see yourself winning got to see yourself reaching the goal see yourself making the cell see young people see yourself graduating maybe you never finished and you're continuing education see yourself finishing see yourself living in that dream home and that, that's what my parents did all those years ago. Every Sunday afternoon, they were lifting up their eyes. They were envisioning. They were imagining. You might say, Austin, with what's in the news and inflation and the cost of things going up, I don't see how God's going to do this, or I don't see how God's going to do that. Praise God we serve a big God. Amen. Praise God we serve the Ancient of Jays. Amen. Praise God we serve Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our Provider. Praise God we serve El Shaddai, the almighty God, the all-sufficient God. Lift up your eyes. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Take action and let God, let our wonderful heavenly Father figure out a way to bless you to where you can have the dreams and desires of your heart. See yourself living in that dream home. See yourself happily married. See those beautiful children. You got to see what you want. See what you desire. Pre play or imagine the desired outcome. Not what you fear, not what you dread, not what you are worried about. We receive information through our spirit. Your your spirit is the real you on the inside of you. And so we receive information through our spirit. We also receive information through our five senses what we can see, what we can hear, what we can taste, touch, and smell. And too many believers, they, they live only by their senses, what they can see, what they can feel. Then they limit their success by walking by sight. They limit their success walking by what they can see and not walking by faith. you got to walk by faith. got to lift up your eyes. you got to stretch your tent curtains wide. Our launching verse in this series, Ephesians 3, beginning in verse 20. Our Heavenly Father, He is able to do how much more immeasurably more. During one of the Holy Week revivals in the prayer sessions, I shared how God did this in Jessica and I's lives. Our first house had three bedrooms, very thankful for, but we reached a point where we knew we needed bigger, we needed more room. And so the desire of our heart was for a five-bedroom house. And in the years when we looked, there just weren't that many. There weren't that many available. There weren't that many Newer construction. We, we looked and we looked and we looked and we looked. And finally one came on the market. We thought, this is it. We went and looked. I remember the day with my father, went with my father and Jessica. We looked at the house and it was about double what we had at the time. And Jessica was all excited and my father was thinking and evaluating. But I was thinking, how are we going to be able to do this? You have to lift up your eyes. You have to stretch your tent curtains wide. You have to get out past your comfort zone. You have to believe God for more. Not until you nudge your neighbor, but if you're sitting next to your sweetie, you may nudge them and say, You have to believe God for more. You have to believe God for more. You got to get out past your comfort zone. And so, of course, we talked about it, got to a place where I thought, Okay, I'm getting comfortable with this idea. This, This could work, this could be doable. And it was just a few years old, but they had animals in the house, so flooring would have to be redone, carpet would have to be redone, kitchen would have to be redone. So we, we came up with what we thought was a reasonable offer, given all those factors, and we didn't get it. Someone, someone beat us on that. And I remember being blue and disappointed. But again, lift up your eyes. Stretch your tent curtains wide. And at the end of the day, God blessed us with double, even beyond that new, built by us no one had ever lived in. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask, think, or imagine. But you have to lift up your eyes. You have to stretch your tent curtains wide. You've got to be willing to look to God as your source. You've got to be willing to walk by faith and not by sight. And, you know, a church member could tell on me, emailing him, Can can you ask them for a list of what the utilities cost? Austin, trying to evaluate in a spreadsheet whether something will or will not work. Got to lift up your eyes. Got to stretch your tent curtains wide. You know, I remember back when Sophie was old enough to come to St. Paul's, getting getting my mind around one child in school and the cost of that. And I I get the same employee discount everybody else here gets. There's no special. Treatment, I remember getting my mind around one child. We got four children in the school. I want to put the fifth child in the school. I'm I'm trying to convince Jessica. God God has brought us to a place where I know he will provide. I'm not concerned. I'm not worried. I'm not anxious. You got to lift up your eyes. You got to stretch your tent curtains wide. Got to walk how? By faith or by the word of God, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, for we walk by faith. We'd say it this way: we walk by the word of God. So rule your circumstances. Don't be ruled by your circumstances. When the church built the building at I-30, when the church built this building, my father envisioned what it would look like before the plans were ever drawn. He he envisioned what the rooms would be and what they would look like. He envisioned walking the hallways. You've got to see what you want. You've got to see what you desire. You've got to lift up your eyes and believe God for more. He wants to do exceedingly, abundantly above all you can ask or imagine. So number one, envision. Number two, envision positive circumstances. And number three, how do we do that? Envision positive circumstances through faith. Faith is being sure or certain of what we hope for. Faith is being sure or certain of our visions and our dreams. It's being sure or certain of our goals. Faith is knowing what you're looking for. Faith is knowing where you're headed. Faith is knowing God's purpose, his dream, his vision for your life. Faith is having a singleness of purpose at heart. Faith is being focused on the desired goal. Faith is being sure or certain of what you do not yet see. Faith is being certain, sure that what God has said what he has said in his word, and what he has said in his Ramos spoken word. Faith is being sure or certain it will come to pass. Faith is being certain that God's word will prevail no matter what you see, no matter what the present circumstances. Faith is being sure, certain, confident in that which we hope for. And again, you've got to get past your reluctance to lift up your eyes. You might say, Austin, I I can't go look. That's beyond me. I can't go see. That's beyond me. So it's it's an act of faith to go. It's an act of faith to look. It's an act of faith to lift up your eyes. It's an act of faith to envision and to imagine. And even though you can't presently do something, it's an act of faith to go and to look and to sit in it, to drive it, to see it, and to say, I know my heavenly Father will make a way. I know my heavenly father will do what he has said in his word he will do. Psalm 37, 4, I will delight myself in the Lord and he will give unto me the desires of my heart. See, when you are lifting up your eyes, you're delighting yourself in the Lord. When you're envisioning what God has for you, when you're imagining what God has for you, that's part of how we delight ourselves in the Lord. The Bible says that he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So you got to give up that religious thing. That you're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. That something is too nice for you to eat, to wear, to have, to drive. You're a child of the King of Kings. There's nothing that's too nice for you. You are a child of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. you got to lift up your eyes. Believe in him and his word, but also believe in who you are in Christ Jesus. Envision positive circumstances through faith. Don't just see what is. See what can be. We take our kids out to eat. They they love to eat nice. Why? Because they're around my parents all the time. We took them to Papacito's for lunch. They they don't want the kids' menu. They want the grilled salmon. And I remember last time we went, we ordered grilled salmon for all the children. And the waiter looked at us like we were out of our minds. And I know there's the thought, what if they don't eat it all? They're children of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we've come to a place in faith where we know our Heavenly Father, He will provide. Envision positive circumstances through faith. Say, I will imagine what can be. No matter what has happened in your life, no matter your past, with the help of God and with the help of His Word and with the help of the Holy Spirit, Say, I can make my dreams dreams come come dreams come come to pass. The past is the past. It's under the blood of Jesus. Learn from it. Take corrective action. Grow. With the help of God, with the help of his word, with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can make your dreams come to pass. I love the story of Jacob. Jacob got off to a rough start. Liar, deceiver, Thief, had to flee from home, stole his brother's birthright and his blessing. And Jacob, because of that, he had a negative harvest. Fled from home, went to work for family, went to work for a relative, for his uncle Laban. Laban deceived him. Jacob worked seven years for the woman of his dreams. Laban deceived him. He he woke up the next day and realized that he was married to Leah, the other sister had to work another seven years for the one he wanted, for Rachel. The Bible says that Laban changed Jacob's wages ten times. So you might think, Austin, though no, those are lousy circumstances. How did God bless Jacob? Through vision and through imagination. The Holy Spirit gave Jacob a plan and he said to his uncle, his uncle asked, what do you want your wages to be? And Jacob said, I want my wages to be the speckled and the spotted sheep, the speckled and the spotted goats, all the darker lambs, what was less desirable. You know, the world would call it superstition. I would call it divine ideas by the Holy Spirit and the power of vision and imagination. So Jacob had an idea, took poplar branches and he cut them so that they would have a spotted and speckled streaked appearance. He put those branches in the water. So when the animals drank, they saw spotted, speckled, streaked. When they drank, that's what they saw. When they mated, that's what they saw. And what kind of offspring did they produce? Speckled, spotted, streaked offspring. And Laban, he he just wasn't blessed. But Jacob, he became more blessed and more blessed and more blessed and more blessed. That is the power of vision and imagination. Use your thought life for good. Use your thought life to envision how you can be a greater success for your family. Use your thought life to ask the Holy Spirit in your work, your career, what you do. Holy Spirit of God, give me ideas. Give me divine ideas. Give me wisdom in my work, in my labor. And he will, he will hear you, he will answer you, he will give you divine ideas. And then think about, meditate on, dwell on that which is pure, that which is noble, that which is righteous, that which will propel you toward success. Imagination is the power of God for making dreams come true. Norman Vincent Pill said, there are three necessary ingredients to success and prosperity, judgment. Industry and good health. Anytime in life when you fail, learn, grow, change. Anytime you fail, make course corrections. Take the necessary action. And when you do succeed, learn from your success. What did you do to succeed? Repeat those actions. Repeat those principles. In the early 80s, my parents had the opportunity to learn from Dr. David Youngie Cho. And he shared his fourfold faith strategy, four simple points. Number one, envision a clear-cut objective. And you might wonder, you know, where, where does Austin get this on being specific? Specific when you pray, or when the young people tell me they're believing God for a car? Being specific. Well, when I was just a young guy, at my parents' house, they had a copy of David Youngi Cho's book, *The Fourth Dimension*. I read that book. And I read his story. He was pastoring a small church. It was basically his wife and mother-in-law and children. And he had nothing. And he was believing God for a desk, a bicycle, and a chair. And he begged and he pleaded and he prayed. He begged, he pleaded, he prayed. Lord, I'm just your humble servant. Why have you not blessed me with a desk, a bicycle, or a chair? And the Lord asked him, what kind of bicycle do you want? What kind of desk do you want? What kind of chair do you want? And again, it seems like such a simple thing. But our Heavenly Father answers. He answers specifically. So you've got to be specific when you envision. You've got to be specific when you dream. You've got to be specific when you pray. When you stand on the Word of God, you've got to be specific. That's why we tell the young people, when you're believing God for a Godly spouse. What kind of husband do you want? What kind of wife do you want? Make a list so you know that when God brings that person into your life, it is the person you have been believing God for. Number one, envision a clear-cut objective. Number two, have a burning desire. See, when you have a wrong thought life, when you're thinking about things that are not noble or pure, you're, you're wasting your energy, your efforts, your desires on things that God cannot bless. Things that God cannot and will not bring to pass. So have, envision a clear-cut objective. Number two, have a burning desire. Number three, pray for the assurance. Now, Jessica and I, we have a lot of girls. We are thankful for all of our girls. They are a blessing. And you know I've got to believe God to prosper because of all the weddings that are coming someday if the Lord tarries. So when we wanted to have a son, I had to pray. I had to pray until I had the assurance. Just the way it is. Whatever it is, pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in tongues until you have the assurance. And then fourth, speak the word. When you see the circumstances, when you see what your eyes see, say the word. Say what God says. Say what God will bring to pass in your life. Speak the word. So have a definite goal. See. Envision, imagine the possession of that goal. Then have red hot desire for that righteous desire, for that righteous outcome, for that righteous dream, for that righteous goal. Envision, envision positive circumstances. And how do we do it? Envision positive circumstances through faith. You can take action today for a better tomorrow, but you gotta take action. Take action even in your thought life, take action even in what you imagine, take action even in what you envision. We do what the Apostle Paul said. We take captive how many of our thoughts? So when there's that wrong thought, we take it captive. And when there's the thought that it's never going to happen, never going to come to pass, we take captive every thought and we make it obedient unto Christ. Envision, Envision positive circumstances. How? Envision positive circumstances through faith. Say this, say, I will be what God says I can be. I will do what God says I can do. I will have what my heavenly Father says I ought to have. I will envision what can be. Please bow your heads. You might be here today. Perhaps you've heard today about the goodness of God, but you don't know God. You don't have a relationship with God in your own life. And there is only one way to be a part of the family of God. There is only one way to know God as your Father. Jesus said, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. The Bible tells that God so loved each of us. He so loved the entire world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's how we become a part of the family of God. That's how we have God as our father. It's by accepting his son Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It's by giving our life to him. If you're here today you and Austin, I've never done that, but I want to. I need to. I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I want to be a part of the family of God. That's you this morning. Wherever you're seated, raise your hand. Raise your hand high. Raise it clear. So I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to ask Jesus into my heart. Pray with me. I want to be a part of the family of God. You might be watching, listening online now or later. Right where you are, you can raise your hand wherever you are. You might be here today, and at a time in your life, you prayed a prayer, you walked an aisle, but you know in your heart you've not been living for God. You've been doing your own thing, and you have paid the price. Perhaps you have not taken your thought life captive to make it obedient unto Christ, and a wrong thought life and wrong desires have birthed all kinds of trouble in your life because you've been doing what you've been thinking about. Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, it is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You can have a new beginning and a fresh start. You can leave here today knowing that you have peace with God. The Bible tells us that the mercies of God are new every morning. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, He is faithful. He is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me. I want to recommit my life. I want to make things right with God. That's you this morning. Wherever you're seated, raise your hand so I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to recommit my life to the Lord. I want to make sure I have peace with God. That's you. Raise your hand to where I'll see it so I'll know you want me to pray with you. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you that it has gone forth as a seed planted in a good ground, and it'll bear a harvest. Now, if you're watching or listening online and that was for you, pray this simple prayer with me. Pray this prayer. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of my sins. I give you my life. Time's gone by. I've gone my own way, and I paid the price. But today, I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, Thank you for welcoming me into your family. Thank you for a new beginning and a fresh start. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, go to the address on the screen. Short, simple form to fill out. We'll send you a Bible if you don't have one. We'll also send you a copy of my father's book, God's Very Own Child. It'll help you get started in living the Christian life. Let's take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. After a day like today, after a message like today, I thank you for moving in each of our lives to help us, to enable us, ordering our circumstances, to help us in lifting up our eyes to believe you, to believe you for more, to envision, to desire your best in our lives and our circumstances. And Holy Spirit of God, I ask you to give these wonderful people divine ideas in their homes, in their families. I ask you to give them divine ideas, supernatural wisdom in their work, their career, what they apply their hands to, to show them, to guide them, to direct them, to give them ideas that they would enter into the greater blessing, the greater provision, the good things that you have for each of them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus said he's our helper. He is our comforter. He leads us. He guides us. He directs us. And he is our helper. If you ask him for help, he'll give you help. If you ask him for ideas, he will give you ideas. Well, I hope the message was a blessing and encouragement to you today.
0: Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again, and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400, or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life, because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.